I'm Jack from End of Days and you're listening to Local Locus. Welcome to Local Locus, the podcast where we put the spotlight on local and underground heavy music. I'm Jake. And I'm Houston. Thanks for clicking play on episode 13 of The Locus. Today is, uh, today is, (laughs) insert date. June 17th, 2020. So Jake, give us a little update on our, on our sticker giveaway promo that we're doing on social media right now. I'd love to. Insert sticker promo here. The day you're listening to this, June 21st, is the last day to participate in the social media campaign we introduced last episode, and have been posting about on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you missed it and didn't get the chance to participate, don't worry too much, we'll do other local locus sticker giveaways moving forward. If you did participate, thank you. And we'll be contacting the winner soon and figuring out how to get you your local locust sticker. How much of this episode can we just make Microsoft say I'm talking for us? I mean, I mean, technically all of it, really. Is this the... Future of podcast? <laughs> yeah, just typing a script and punching it into a, a text-to-speech. <laughs> I'm sure everyone would love to listen to that. <laughs> so today we have a special episode on our hands. What we're going to do today is we're going to have like a bit of a theme. We've been thinking of themes that we could bring to episodes. And today, we're doing guitar solos. We're doing uh, we're focusing all on lead lead guitar, which is like one of the most metal things out there, right? I would have to agree, yeah. Or at least it used to be. Exactly. Like a lot of the stuff we bring is like metalcore and hardcore, especially contemporary metalcore, that kind of they'll put their lead guitar work into riffs or you know if they're getting technical at all mm-hmm. it's less of like uh okay wait until two and a half minutes has started and then maybe we'll let you <laughs> do the guitar thing like the hair metal approach where it's just like chorus chorus solo chorus you know we're not waiting on cc to pick up that guitar and talk to us anymore <laughs> <coughs> but it is nice to have it is still nice to see solos come out it's something you see less and less of in core genres anyways. So for that reason, I think that the bands we brought for you today are going to be a little more metal. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought up hair metal, by the way. It's going to play into something later. A little teaser. By the way, did you come up with that CC joke off the top of your head? <laughs> yeah. That was that was big brain, dude. <laughs> that that felt like something like, like... I was picturing you had like a note of like different little puns you could insert throughout the episode. <laughs> yeah, I just have a list of funny guitar solo things to say i've been writing it for a year while we were recording (laughs) one of them was make sure you mention cc (laughs) you know cc just doesn't get the love he used to you know (laughs) (laughs) that's what this episode's really about (laughs) we're putting the spotlight on cc deville (laughs) i think that's his last name it may not be dude i don't fucking know (laughs) (laughs) i hope it's not I believe his last name is Pizza. CC's Pizza. <laughs> Dead, dude. Poison. CC. Is it two C's? Like, yeah, I'm carbon sure like- copy? <laughs> <laughs> like, cubic centimeters? Or, like, what is it when you CC someone on an email? <laughs> That's carbon copy. Oh, is that what it means? Oh, that makes sense. 
Damn it, here's going to be the edit of me being stupid in the podcast again. <laughs> <laughs> it's just literally to the two letters CC. I think that's it how it's spelled DeVille. in his name. It is DeVille. <laughs> oh, well. It's it's still funny that we had to, like, stop and think about it, though. Well, I mean, we weren't even born during that time. Pick up that guitar, Mr. DeVille. <laughs> Talk to me. <laughs> so, I was thinking you always get to go first, because we usually want to end with me, because I, I have the breakdown of the week in most episodes. Mm-hmm. Since we're focused on guitar solos, I just dedicated both my bands to finding two guitar solos that I liked, and I don't have a breakdown of the week this week. Therefore, I think I should go first for once. Sure, sure. I thought this was going to turn into a fight. Like, no, no, no. I thought you were going to like make me get a goldfish, and if that didn't die, you'd let me move up to going first on Local I'll Locus. Be, I'll, I'll be honest, I've always been a little jealous that you get to go last. Oh. You know, it's like so. Now, this is like, like a Freaky Friday episode. It's like you're the opening band now, and I'm like the, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm the fucking showrunner, not showrunner. Dude, I cannot think today. Headliner. Headliner. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Word. <laughs> why don't you? Why don't you ask me for the teaser this week and be like, like what dude, I normally this, say dude, to this you? This episode feels weird, dude. I feel like yeah, this is topsy turvy. It's gonna make the next episode feel like some power struggle where we're trying to figure out where we belong in this podcast again. i'll play your sick games though give me a little taste of what bands you're bringing to the table so uh i got kind of a classic second wave of metalcore band from wisconsin and i also have a classic second wave (laughs) (laughs) melodic metalcore band from the uk uh it sounds similar as with every episode my bands sound really similar when i describe them but when you listen to them they will not but um i digress Jake, what kind of bands have you brought for us today? Give us a little teaser. I've brought a, uh, and you know how I am. I'll never get these things right, so I'm going to bounce this on you. I'd, I'd just call it like heavy thrash with a little death influence, but that almost doesn't make sense just because of how the genres work. Bringing some of that from uh, Switzerland, and I've also got some melodic death metal from Virginia. The first band we're going to jump into here is called End of Days, and... Honestly, I don't know if this record came out at the very end of last year or at the very beginning of this year, because it's January 1st on Spotify, but some stuff varies. But anyways, End of Days, they released the Burning Chapter right around that time. It's 50 minutes long, and it is their debut full-length album. Like I said, these guys sort of have a, a melodic metalcore vibe. They're from South UK. If you've listened to Local Locust before, you know the way we like to do this is to show you a little bit of music from the band. And then we jump into a little bit of a conversation about the band and why we like the record. But today, the little twist is that the part we're going to play from each of these albums is one of the solos off the record that we really liked. So while there's a lot of bangers on this record, I specifically was a fan of the solo in the song called Tides. And that's what we're going to listen to. So this is Tides by End of Days. It's groovy as hell right there in the middle. Yeah, I'm a big fan of... I think it's probably inevitable that if we're going to have any episode about guitar solos or to talk about solos in, in general, 
without saying like my favorite guitar solo of all time is by Phineas. It's their song called um, Coup de Gras. It's off their like 2015 record. This solo by End of Days really reminds me of that solo. It's got this like very simple riff going on underneath that's sort of groovy. And it's using it as like a foundation for the solo. And it's also using it as like a return. So like there's a little bit of like flashy stuff and it comes back to this riff. Mm-hmm. And then there's like another phase of flashy stuff and then it goes back to the riff. And that's really what I like about this. So it's like it starts off with this like really low run up to the high notes and it sort of like lets loose into the fast, singy, you know, almost like thrashy guitar solo part. Yeah. And then it does my favorite thing in a solo, which is where it just goes back to like the groovy part and they just sort of phrase over it a little bit. Like some the really memorable part of the solo, the part you can kind of sing along with comes like there like halfway through yeah, and then it kind of digresses back into like a chorus but um i like that there's like different phases to the phrases of this solo mm-hmm. um and a lot of their a lot of their lead guitar work was like this very like rock and roll metal yeah. core see i wanted to this is the one i was talking about earlier when i was like speaking of old cc picking up his guitar <laughs> <laughs> this, this gave me a very like 80s flashy guitar solo type like i just pictured the fucking like you know and thrash like the little finger motion uh-huh and i picture him just being like on the front of the stage just <laughs> staring at everyone doing his fucking runs on the guitar you know yeah i like that you mentioned like a song example what's funny is i have a song that this solo reminded me of and it's a completely different genre of metal <laughs> there's a tear song called like hail to the hammer and they recorded it like three times but the <laughs> the last recording of it it does that kind of thing where it's like going fast and flashy and then the beat kind of like comes in groovy and kind of slower, and it does like the wow, wow, <laughs> like you know what I mean, like kind of catches itself again. You know what I mean? Yeah, when it like catches up with itself, like and it just like does some like bends and some really memorable licks mm-hmm. over the part that gets like slower, and you're like, that's when I make the stank face over a guitar solo. Like you make Same the stank here. face when a song yeah. gets really heavy, but like it's sort of the opposite with a really good tasty and guitar it's solo. It's kind of ironic, isn't it? Because the way I would word it is. That part of the guitar solo, it's really the like backing band doing everything to make that part really cool. You know, it's like the rhythm instruments and all coming in on top yeah. of it, like the way they do. Yeah. But to zoom out from that solo a little bit, use it as a springboard to jump into the band a little bit more. End of Days, they just released the burning chapter. And I would say that our description plays into my for fans of very well. Bands like Bullet for My Valentine, Glamour of the Kill, and like Asking Alexandria, but like when they were good. Basically, like, <laughs> 2010s era like not not like the beginning of metalcore by any means but not necessarily like modern contemporary metalcore especially those bands that i mentioned who were like really influenced by like 80s metal yeah and weird enough something i got from it too was i actually on top of that though what kind of made it cool is i picked up like the occasional like newer wave of music coming out like like i can't remember what song it was but i think my favorite off of it was the one called i want to say it was equilibrium yeah, that was one of the singles. That one I liked because it showed a good vocal range, you know? I noticed on a few songs they had a little bit of that, like, uh, we've talked about on here before, that, like, um, not techno, what's the word you use? Like an electronic type, like, backbeat to it. I heard that every now and then, and it's like, you know, that's like a little something they're pulling in from some of the newer bands. I feel like what's characteristic about them, as we zoom out, is, like, the clean vocals. They're very, like, catchy and anthemy and singy. Pretty much every one of their songs is going to have that aspect to it that's almost central to the sound if you can step back from what's most characteristic you can't ignore that there's also these like really heavy elements going on too like 
the core is there, the metal is there. They're not just like anthemy pop rock or glam rock. It can be very, it can be like push you away if you're a fan of like heavy music. But really, if you can set that aside for a second, it, it can be very heavy. Like the vocals, even the harsh vocals are pretty dynamic on this record. Yeah. It has, I think, a little bit of something for everybody as long as you're not going to write it off from the get-go for being, like, pop metalcore. Yeah, and I gotta say, like, this is just kind of anecdotal. Not really, you know, much, but I had that issue for a while, you know, where I would hear, like, probably some of the clean stuff and stuff like that and, like, kind of write it off, you know? Just in general, my tastes have learned to like that, but you really are missing a lot of good music. Like, uh, you've heard me talk about this record a lot, but the, uh, the Adestria album, Chapters, that's got some of, like my favorite like head banging in the car type stuff where i just kind of like you know like to go crazy to it but it's also like got some super catchy like poppy almost like choruses you know mm-hmm. and i don't know if i would say these two bands sound alike but Adestria is definitely like the era of metalcore that i think this calls back to and this might compromise my own ethos a little bit with like metalheads in general but uh just to show you that i do mean business both of my valentine as you know jake is probably my favorite band so uh, end of days was right up my alley and it, it like that that is something that does not come off as apparent when you first meet you at all <laughs> you know cuz you'll listen to some of the fucking like heaviest shit and i remember the first time i found out you're like dude this is like my favorite band i'm like what <laughs> like, just kind of like huh it's one of those where i'm like i've been lied to for like a year you know i knew you for a good bit and i'm just like wait what <laughs> yeah <laughs> but end of days is a band where um, if you start to listen to it at first, you'd be like, oh, this is like Bullet for My Valentine type stuff. Or, you know, this is like Avenged Sevenfold type stuff. And if you're just trying to find like the heaviest shit, it's whatever. But like, if you can skip to the right moment in the track and you're not just there for really solid anthem music, there's still that heavy shit there too. Um, and I really like that variety. So this is like good classic Bullet. It's like maybe even like Scream Aim Fire type Bullet, to, to be clear. <laughs> just to be clear what good Bullet is. <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> In case you're sitting there, you're like, there's no good bullet. <laughs> yeah, it's just like super like metalheads are just like, what is this guy going on about? <laughs> <laughs> They're like putting on their their black and white face paint. What is this kid talking about? Good bullet? <laughs> the black metal, you know, the black metal fans are like, they only listen to old local locusts where the recording quality was awful. <laughs> <laughs> but, um,. Yeah, I also just want to point out the dudes in End of Days seem like very nice. I watched some live streams and stuff and just dealing with them. Very nice people. So if you want to check out this record, it's called The Burning Chapter. And uh, they are going through some lineup changes right now, trying to find um, another guitarist and find a new drummer. And uh, they've already started recording new music. So uh, we're getting this to you late enough. We're getting this to you. Am I saying this right? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds right yeah <laughs> am i saying this right you having like a mini stroke right now like, what, what is happening <laughs> where am i <laughs> yeah but we're while this is what i would call a 2020 record we're getting it to you late enough that uh, you can probably start to expect the newer stuff from end of days already but that song was tides and uh, we're gonna skip over to you jake which band do you want to jump over to i think i'm gonna jump over to that thrash like really heavy thrash is just what i would call it from uh switzerland this is the band exit with their new album traces of human existence and this is the song none of our business
Yeah, so I think the first thing I should mention is, obviously, I, I wouldn't say that that's probably like the flashiest thing ever, you know? No. What I really liked about it is in the context of like the whole song, you know, and with a lot of the parts where they did lead stuff, it's kind of like a nice, like almost like a break in the uh, the flow of the album, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it adds like this cool little layer of just, you know, it's like right before it dives you back into some of that heaviness, it's like, I'm like, oh, okay, okay, you know, <laughs> and then it just like, you know, dives right back in. Yeah, as we were mentioning before, part of a solo is its placement in a song and its context within like a record or even a whole genre and there's genres now like like prog metal or like um i think of like a band like era mm-hmm. Era's doing like wacky shit like that all the time and calling it like a riff you know it's like it's just part of the song something like this stands out and it creates like a flavor and a web of things and it's weird how lead guitar has sort of turned into like it has like a staple. It has to be there all the time in certain genres. And then in other genres, it's like that. It's like a breath. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I do like it when it doesn't have to feel forced, you know? This isn't like something from like early thrash where like, you know, like halfway through the song, you're like, well, here comes the minute flashy solo, which I mean, I'm into that stuff, but I'm like, you know, to a point, it probably died off because it was overused. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's yeah, like kind of gimmicky in other genres. Yeah, it's. And this is just going into a deeper thing, but it's coming kind of the same thing with certain bands with breakdowns, you know? It's just the new guitar, so it's like, well, here comes the breakdown, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. But, um, yeah, my main thing with that one was I just loved that solo over the riff. And if you listen to this whole record, uh, you can just tell how that, like, kind of sound stands out. The main thing that stuck out to me that I want to, like, point out about it, what I liked about it, is I was a huge fan of the production on this album. And... It got me thinking about a lot of the metal like I'm hearing nowadays, and I think what I loved about the production here is they weren't afraid to sound like nitty and gritty, you know? I I feel like a lot of metal right now, it it sounds like it's all the same production where it's very, you know, everything's like perfect. Does that make sense? Like perfect in almost a bad way, if that makes sense. Very like studio. Yeah, yeah. And just this reminded me of like just some, you know some fucking heavy hitting like stuff where you know i feel like they weren't too worried about like and i feel weird saying this because it it, it almost sounds like it's coming off as an insult but it's not at all i've had the same thought before like i told someone this this is a weird example because it doesn't it doesn't map on the exact same way but die without hope by carnifex in like 2014 or 15 that record came out and i remember commenting that i thought it sounded like the kind of deathcore that's really rough around the edges because, you know, it has that, like, blackened element. Carnifex brings that, like, blackened element to their deathcore. And I remember, like, saying it's the kind that's, like, rougher around the edges. And someone th- was like, wow, you can't just say that. I mean, that's, like, a huge band with a solid production. Like, they don't sound like they're rough around the edges. I was like, that's... I feel like you're taking what I mean by rough around the edges wrong. What I'm saying is they sound badass and they don't sound like... They, they want to be rough around the edges. ...to make it work. Yeah, it's like... And it feel- I agree that that's what this, that this production is. It's, it's insane you mentioned one deathcore band. I mentioned this one because, like, by production standards, I guess it's not technically good. But the sound off the uh, the cleansing by Suicide Silence, you know what I'm talking about? I got kind of mm-hmm. that vibe from this record. Like, just the guitars almost sound kind of muddy in a way, you know? I feel like the drums yeah. don't feel like they have to be fucking hitting things right on the beat, you know? It just... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, for me, like... Yeah, like you said, it's weird to describe to people because... For me, it's a good thing, and I, and I think it's in, it's intentional. I don't feel like it's them being lazy, you know? Right, and it's not like the drums are, like, not on the beat. 
It's just that it's not like the computer has auto-corrected things to fall within a metronome. Which, by the way, in case you didn't know, Newsflash, most bands do that. Yeah. And the same goes for auto-tuned vocals. Like, think of um, Trivium's Ascendancy. Mm-hmm. That, his vocals were auto-tuned. Yeah. People think auto-tune is something that happens in, like... Hip-hop and, like, stuff like that. Pop music. Yeah, just because you can't tell that it sounds like a robot doesn't mean that it wasn't used. Auto-tune isn't the funny-sounding thing Kanye West did. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a correction tool, and those exist for every instrument. Triggers on drums to make sure that every hit sounds the same live. Uh, like I said, timing correction on your percussion in the studio. Literally clicking and dragging samples so that it sounds good. There's nothing wrong with those things, but it's really cool to see a record that bypasses some of those for a more authentic sound when that's what the artist's decision is. Yeah, and I think the era of this band will kind of like shed light into kind of the sound a little bit. And it shocked me like a lot when I l- dug into it. Would you believe this band was founded in 95? Honestly, no. Yeah, but it made sense only for one thing. So, like I was talking about earlier, I have a hard time pinpointing bands that sound like other bands, you know? Yeah. But picture a nice, thrashy death metal, but with good, like, like, and I'm talking, like, the blackening and stuff era, but, like, doesn't it give you, like, a machine head vocal style? Yes, in a way? actually, it really does. Yeah, that's, like, the vocal, like, uh place i went with it you know but i thought it was like a little more heavy hitting you know a little less uh like technical i guess i don't know like the best way to it's more like uh what was that record called burn my eyes mm-hmm. you know by oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, one bo- the more you talk yeah. about it the more i'm like fuck yeah that, that is a really good example and i think that record is like early 90s and i'm like it made it kind of like you know i think that's kind of the sound this is like giving off in a bit and just to add to that notion um if you think about it like rob flynn was in 80s thrash bands and that kind of made a more modern metal sound when he moved to machine head in the 90s so that really does add up with your other assessment of it i would throw on the band for fans of diecast especially like early diecast and diecast when they're not clean singing yeah i have my own tangent to go off on on the genre when we get there (laughs) all right you can go ahead and jump on it I, i had like the the only other two things i really wanted to point out about the album was especially with the song empire you could tell they weren't scared to like break that mold though a little bit like it had almost like this like jazzy opening and had a little bit more of a clean vocal style and the last thing i want to mention it has that 90s what i've always called like pseudo breakdowns like pantera type breakdowns and stuff where it's not a breakdown but you know it's doing something of that nature if that makes sense it's so wacky because those last two notes you made Mm -hmm. i have the note and the song empire i really dig the breakdown style chugging that was one of the notes i took (laughs) when i was listening yeah Um, yeah and in that vein, I, I think it's the kind of metal you could play around pretty much any heavy music fan, and you'd get away with it. Like, nobody would get mad um, if you put this on. It's just sort of very accessible from within the sphere of heavy music. Uh, like, a lot of bands say that they mix all of the genres or, like, a lot of genres. Like, they'll list, like, six different genres that they're influenced by. I think the Exit's Traces of Human Existence actually does it. Um, so, like, remember last week we talked about the band Furious George? Yeah. They called themselves heavy music from Australia. Which was like a neat sentiment to just call yourself heavy music, because, you know, other than their deathcore style vocals, we both thought that they fell clean, clean cut, square in like the domain of like the metalcore genre. Yeah, yeah. On the other hand, I think Exit's album, it really is just metal or heavy music. Like, yeah, I think that it makes the most sense by like, so their Spotify bio just says Swiss thrash death metal combo, but it may be better on their Facebook. It just says 
metal from Switzerland. Yeah. You know, that's probably like a better, you know, descriptor of it. It's like, hey, you like metal? Here's this band, <laughs> you know? Yeah. If I couldn't use a genre word, but I wanted to describe to you what this band sounded like, I would call them liquid metal metal. Like they're the kind of metal that a core kid uh, could turn yeah. on or like a 50 year old guy who's been listening to metal since like the 80s or earlier could turn on and everybody would be like, yeah, that's metal and it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's like liquid metal metal. Um, the other tag I would put it on it is the best Swiss thing since Swiss cheese. <laughs> and I really like Swiss cheese. It is good. It's good. <laughs> That's a perfect like. <laughs> I don't know if a metal band wants to use that tag. Though. <laughs> um, my little closing statement on this band, though, and... I, I hate the timing of this so much, but I'm definitely going to check it out because I don't work Fridays now, you know? They hit me up and they're like, hey, by the way, our, their government's like reducing their lockdown restrictions right now, you know? Mm. And so they're celebrating the release of their record, which I don't know if you noticed, but both of my albums were actually still fairly new. This was June 12th. We're recording, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's basically June this 17th. week, last week when yeah. you're listening to this. But anyways, they're having a 60-person show, right? That's like all that's allowed, I guess. But they're streaming the show live on their Facebook. But that's this Friday. Oh, <laughs> and shit. I'm just like, and I'm just like, it's in this place where I'm like, well, I can't let everyone know to go check it out. And I also can't let everyone know how it was. <laughs> you know, I'm like, <laughs> dang. <laughs> it's like right in the center. Well, a lot of bands are doing that right now. Um, so mm-hmm. the good news is if you do miss it, you can go find it. You can go watch it in retrospect. Piss Poor actually just did that recently as well. Oh, really? Yeah, and <laughs> I loved the way they worded it, because I guess they just clicked my name and figured out I was from North Carolina, because I never mentioned it, you know? Mm-hmm. But <laughs> this is probably where the thrash metal influence I'm thinking is coming from. They just put, <laughs> I know, Friday 9 p.m. Uh, CET is a little early to start drinking in Carolina, but maybe you'll find the time to watch. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, we're still in full lockdown, so it's never too early to drink. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Houston, I think this is a great place for us to play an ad or two, and we've got another podcast shout out when we get back. So if you've been listening to Local Locus, um, the last episode, last couple episodes, um, we, you know we've gotten in contact with Alyssa Keeles from Next Big Thing Podcast. Uh, we just want to continue to shout her out one or two more times. She does a podcast called Next Big Thing that uh, is sort of just, uh, it's an interview format podcast with her and then guests. So she'll bring on a couple members from a band. Usually, um, well, always an alternative style, but not necessarily always metal. She's done a metalcore band. She's done like a punk band, um, and as well as some other pop acts. And she's releasing about once a week right now. And if you just want to see another podcast that puts the spotlight on underground music, we definitely recommend Next Big Thing with Alyssa Keeles. We were pointing you towards her Twitter, at NBThingPodcast, but she's also just gone live with her website. And I just want to make sure I get the URL here right. Next Big Thing podcast.com um i guess it's my turn to to do a band isn't it yeah i mean we're we're still trying to figure out this new system but (laughs) (laughs) we should just like fight for it (laughs) you want to hop in like a fucking minecraft server and see who just beats each other's ass first (laughs) minecraft hunger games last one to die gets to go next yeah dude fuck okay guys so we just got back from our minecraft hunger games battle and Jake Houston won. won. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> wait, we gotta go do another one. 
I don't know why we played so much Minecraft Hunger Games in retrospect. Yeah, it's like three in the morning, dude. What if that was how we ended the podcast? We're just like, God, it's we should just stop recording. <laughs> it's only two bands get mentioned. <laughs> and we didn't even actually play. The rest of it's the rest of it's Microsoft Sam. <laughs> <laughs> You want to tell me about your second band you brought? So this is another kind of second wave metalcore band. This band is from Wisconsin. The band's called In Dying Hours. And also, uh, on the first month of this year, they released their new record, Attempting Betterment. This song is called Silhouette. the way they end that solo you just go right into it yeah just like <laughs> but uh what i love about that solo is it's like depending on how you look at it at least two solos back to back because it's so long it covers so many bars of the song and like the riff is changing in the background it's almost like four different solos tacked together like the first two were like very kind of like runny and thrashy and like um fast and noodly mm-hmm. and then like the second parts were more like about the phrases and the licks that compose the entire the, yeah. the the whole thing and i really like that the like just the dynamism of of all that comes together to make that whole journey of a solo yeah like it, i, I want to say i think couple... the, i think the second half of the solo is my favorite part it's just because it's like it just took the song somewhere else do you know what i mean it was like <laughs> yeah it took it to like uh Almost like a, uh, yeah, like almost like a folk metal solo, almost. Like, I hate to say that, but like just that nice, like good, almost musically trained sound, you know? Yeah. It doesn't hesitate to change intervals and like change modes and tonalities. I don't know how to explain it. It's very troubled. Like, it doesn't just stick to like a natural minor. It- it's okay with hitting like chromatic notes in a way that accent unique chords and then like returning to form. It feels very like musically mature and and um technical without really having to be like technical in its time signature approaches or anything it's just like fun to listen to but you can still bang your head the same way the whole time you're listening to it oh for sure i think like melodic is just a perfect tag here you know for like how the lead guitars are working it's almost like the lead guitar while not like breaking from the sound the album was trying to go for it's almost as if it was like its own thing entirely. And I thought that with like multiple songs, not just this one. It's like, it kind of like broke the song up in sort of in a way we talked about with Exit, but not in the same way. Like it, it didn't really like take a break from the heaviness. It's just, it added like a little flavor that took you to a different spot of the album. Yeah, I like the way you're saying like it takes you a place. I think it elevates every song. Like the lead guitar, whether in like solos or like when a harmony comes in for like a lead riff or like a lead lick. You know, a riff will be played like two to four times and then like it'll come back. But the second time, it, the lead guitar will be playing like a three point harmony over it. Mm-hmm. And so like the lead guitar does a good job of like taking each moment of every song 
and like elevating it to a new place. Whereas a lot of songs, like it's like what path you take to get to the first chorus, and then what path you take to get back to the next chorus. This record just feels like, where are we going next? I don't know until the guitar takes me there. You know, I'm not trying to say that the other things are overshadowed because they're pivotal components, but um, the guitar work, that was the venue they chose to to drive the songs. Yeah, and I'm going to let you bounce off of this real quick, but I think me going into like what we were talking about a little earlier, I think it's really easy to say that the guitar solos especially are like mellow death based like just melodic death metal like i feel like you'd hear that same guitar solo in some melodic death metal bands you know despite them obviously not fully fitting that (laughs) genre you know yeah i think the way that i was just describing it fits that because mellow death was like well i mean it still is but like especially like 90s mellow death when it was becoming a huge deal and it was starting to influence all these other sounds it was all about what the guitar work was doing with the melodies, not necessarily about what like vocals were doing with melodies. Mm-hmm. And while there are some clean vocal melodies here, it's like the guitar that's that's making us feel like we need to put the melodic tag on it. Yeah, exactly. And that is, yeah, you can put that all to the guitar. That's where you'd put the melodic sound to. Whereas with um, End of Days, you know, it's more than just the lead leading that melodic, uh, that tag to it. Yeah, yeah. To zoom out a little bit, uh, which we've started to do, I think that this band falls cleanly within a melodic metalcore category, while of course being one of the many bands that does this that also relies on a foundation in like mellow death. Um, so the bands I'm going to name are ones that also do that. I think it's for fans of like 2005 to 2010 metalcore, where guitars and riffs were flashier and more central, and where like clean vocals were more scarce and barely poppy, if ever poppy at all. I'm thinking of bands like All That Remains and Trivium and As I Lay Dying as well as maybe some Shadows Fall and some mm, early Kill yeah. Switch Engage as well. Metalcore, like, right before it was seen, like, right up to, like, Miss May I, but excluding bands like Avenged Sevenfold and Bullet and, like, Escape the Fate and stuff like that. So, um, to point out a few examples to sort of, like, substantiate this argument, <laughs> um, the, the song The Cleansed, I think, sounds just like an Ocean Between Us era as I lay dying. Like right before that band calcified into its more rigid songwriting formula. And they were like more worried about like when As I Lay Dying was more worried about being on one hand fast and heavy and kind of like raw and on the other hand still melodic and singy, but only with the guitars. Yeah. Um, I feel like As I Lay Dying is sort of like settled into like this like very heavy musical approach with a very poppy song structure approach that's doing really well for them. But this feels more like genuine and focuses more on the second to second songwriting than like the, again, like how are we going to get from chorus to chorus and then ultimately to the breakdown? Because it doesn't really hinge on that at all. It's more about that lead guitar. Yeah, it's more of a mature songwriting than that. Like, I don't think it is like the As I Lay Dying case where it's, I do think it sounds like that era, but as you mentioned, As I Lay Dying was trying to like balance the sound. I feel like this band has really like nestled into the sound in a way. Do you know what I mean? To use the word that I that I like that you used last episode, it has like some virtuosity. Like it's very like I can picture the guitarist of this band wearing like a black button up t shirt. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. And having like long hair. Like he went, you know, he went he's to a like yeah, he went to oh, like man. training college with classical guitar and then just used that to fucking shred some metal out. <laughs> Yeah, like he's not like a Kirk Hammett shredder. He's like an Alex Skolnick shredder. Yeah, he's like yeah, a, yeah. He's got that like. He seems like he's in the know. So that record was called "Attempting Betterment." The song specifically was called "Silhouette," 
the band In Dying Hours, if you want to check them out. And uh, we've only got one more band left. No breakdown of the week, as we mentioned. So, Jake, what is our fourth band? If we're sticking with the plan, they're our heaviest one. I, I, I think they're our heaviest one. And I think you, you'll probably agree. They say they're death metal from Virginia. I'm going to go ahead and throw in, I'd call it melodic death metal from Virginia. This is the band Ritualistic with their new album Hollowborn. And this is the song Hollowborn. Very singy guitar. Yeah, I'm going to preface this with I'm glad we put those two bands back to back because we went from mellow death inspired uh, metalcore to what I would just call straight up melodic death metal. (laughs) Yeah, like you said, the, the, the band's Facebook says death metal, but I also had the same idea of like, I think it's got a little bit more melodic to it, Mm -hmm. you know, with, because of the guitar. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's still got like the, the gutturals, the tremolo picking and all this, but it's like the solos, it's weird, they're completely different genres of music, but I feel like the solos by Ritualistic and by In Dying Hours almost feel like the same purpose within the music. Mm-hmm. These type of solos take me to <laughs> a very weird comparison I'm going to throw to you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bounce this idea off of you, okay? Did you ever watch Metalocalypse? Listen to any Death Clock? Here and there, yeah. I like to call these Squizgar solos, right? <laughs> this is this is like just those like really fancy like over the like death metal like just flashy solos, you know what I mean? And they they have that, and I don't know how to word it right, but they have that tonality to them that like like they sound bubbly almost. I don't know, I don't know how to describe that noise, but anytime I hear those, it's like what I think of as like melodic death metal, like that, just like that type of run. Or it almost sounds like they're recording underwater. It's like... <laughs> yeah, there's all these words that feel so natural to describe lead guitar work. Like, um, flashy and, and... I said noodly a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and bubbly. And I feel like they don't all mean the same thing. Like, I feel like I wouldn't call this noodly. Yeah, and I, I... But bubbly, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, and I'm wondering if, like... I mean, me and you both play guitar, and I'm wondering if people that just kind of listen to music <laughs> are just like, that was a cool solo. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> not really thinking about like the bubbles and the noodles to it you know (laughs) i don't know because neither of us knows that much about theory that's true yeah and maybe other people who listen to it would also just say things like that (laughs) but we're like i don't just mean bubbly i mean like bubbly (laughs) we're like that fake knowledge where we think we know what we're starting to say someone like (laughs) listening to it right now is like Oh, you mean a diminished seven Aordian scale? <laughs> Commonly used in melodic death metal. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, we could just like zoom out on it as a whole. Like, what did you think of the record? As a whole, I found it much easier to come up with like for fans of with um, Ritualistic than I did with Exit. But uh, it was a genre that I was definitely more familiar with, at least. So Amon Marth didn't really come to mind, which is like the first time I can ever say that about <laughs> Melodeath. 
Yeah, for uh, sure. Instead, I would name bands my biggest, fattest for fans of was the Black Dahlia Murder. Mm-hmm. Yep. The lead guitar outside of solos, especially. Like, just like the very, like, singy, leading the way in terms of, like, the melody of it mm-hmm. was the guitar riffs. Um, I don't know, like, very picky guitar riffs. And um, I also come up with bands like uh, Revocation and Psychroptic to a lesser degree. Yeah. You know, this is kind of like going to be a weird nitpicky thing that has nothing to do with what we're talking about, really. But <laughs> do you ever differentiate mellow death and melodic death metal, even though they mean the same thing? It's weird. Like, I call this stuff melodic death metal, and then I call stuff like At the Gates mellow death. <laughs> What's weird is when you asked me the question, I would have said no. But if you said, well, what do you think I mean? I would have said, well, I think the the founding bands, like in Flames, like stuff that's actually from like Norway and Sweden, mm-hmm. and, you know, like the Netherlands, that's mellow death. And I guess just death metal that's like melodic, that would be melodic death metal. Yeah. So I did know what you meant, even though <laughs> I, until now, haven't really differentiated. Yeah. And this is a weird, I think it's the album cover giving me this vibe, right? Mm-hmm. But I almost thought that this is like... <laughs> Atavistia, if they doubled down and just were a death metal band. <laughs> I was Take like, my uh, notes. My notes say like Atavistia, but without the fantasy epic element. <laughs> my note says like Atavistia, but heavier and more death metal. <laughs> my notes say if you took Atavistia's The Winter Way and stripped away the fantasy world building, <laughs> then I think it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> we figured it we're out we're like if you take atavistia and take away everything <laughs> <laughs> no i said that they, it's like if you double down on like the heavy part so mm-hmm, it's like yeah it's tough it's competent it's heavy it's blistering death metal with strong and effective mellow death characteristics that's the way i wrote it yeah and you know what really gave me a cool vibe with this record it's just the fact it's from virginia for some reason <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know you, you think it's supposed to be from like a really metal, cold place yeah like if you're virginian death metal you're like oh here just comes some fucking like slamming like death metal you know what i mean and instead it's like oh oh european music <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's like and then somebody's like no and you're like canadian yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, no <laughs> yeah it has that like uh nordic fantasy <laughs> vibe on <laughs> the art and like if we hadn't just had a band like atavistia on yeah, um, yeah, we may have got something else from it. Like, <laughs> I would have said no. I think I would have doubled down on the the fantasy element, but it's like in light of that, like uh-huh. with Atavistia as a backdrop, I'm just like, I guess this is just fucking death metal. Yeah, but like to be fair, it really does have a sort of like a whole atmosphere to it. Mm-hmm. But only, but it's not created through ambience. It's created through the music itself, like the core elements of of metal music. Yeah. And through the art and the the context of death metal. Like it's like it's a death metal band and I see that album art, I'm like, okay, I know what it's supposed to be. I get it. Yeah, I think it has a theme, but the theme is not like in the forefront, like a band like Atavistia. I think it's like like that's probably the headspace they were in writing it, but it's like you don't nece- like I don't think it's like a concept album by any means, you know. Right. Whereas yeah. like the Atavistia, you're almost like, is this like supposed to be some whole like put together story? And I thought this got heavier than Atavistia, not just because there wasn't chimes and shit, but because like there was a little bit of more, I don't know if exploration is the right word, and variety, but it was more like they explored in different, darker directions yeah. than other than other like fantasy bands do. So it had like, I thought Beyond, the song Beyond was like really heavy. Not that all of it wasn't really heavy, but like it gets low, it gets down and dirty, and it had like these like 
deathcore fucking guttural vocals. Yeah, it had the like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I know it's yeah, it's towards the end of that song I think where it just starts having those like just low low gutturals going into it. Yeah, I think I think I worded it a little bad on the first thing with the Atavistia thing, and I think you just articulated it better. It's not like taking away the light parts; they also just went in heavier, you know. Mm-hmm. Like the other end of the spectrum, really. It's like they were both death metal, and one like explored the like you know atmospheric uh, different things, and this one was just like, no, no, <laughs> this is heavy. No atmosphere, only gravity. <laughs> <laughs> That was the new album Hollowborn, with the title track Hollowborn by the band Ritualistic. Yeah, thank you to Ritualistic, thank you to Exit, as well as my band's End of Days and In Dying Hours. We appreciate you letting us play your songs for our listeners, and uh, thank you guys for listening. If you still have a little bit of an itch to scratch, still want to listen to some of that, what was the word, virtuos? <laughs> I want to know Vir- how virtu- to turn... Virtuosity. <laughs> I want to turn virtuosity into an adjective. Virtuous? No, that's that's different. <laughs> if you all right, yeah, yeah. If you want to listen to some more sick guitar work, <laughs> check out the back catalog. Check out the records uh, we talked about from Atavistia, Written in Gray, Outrage, maybe like Uriel as well. Just because this episode was about solos doesn't mean we don't always talk about some ripping guitar. Catch you next time. Perfect. Thank you for listening. Tell your friends. Thanks for swimming against the mainstream with us at Local Locust, the podcast that puts the spotlight on local and underground heavy music. Follow our socials for updates and find other episodes by visiting locallocuspod.com. And if you want to catch up on Local Locust featured tunes or find any of the tracks mentioned in this episode, don't forget to look out for our official Local Locust podcast playlist on Spotify. If you or someone you know is looking for a feature, reach out to us on any of our socials or email us at locallocuspod at gmail.com. Big thanks for listening, guys. Thanks.